In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Right. Well, Amy, welcome. Hello. Um, this was a bit of a tough one this week to figure out kind of like where to begin because um, we've been doing a lot of alien stuff lately. And yeah. so I, I was kind of like trying to figure out like what's a compelling question. We've already talked about alien abduction, which you yeah. believe in. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> It's more that I'm just, like, gullible, and if someone tells me something, I'm going to be like, okay, sure, that happened. But I guess the place to start is, what do you think of when you hear the phrase ancient alien? Ancient aliens? Correct. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I think. I, that, I mean, it's going to make me sound stupid. The my brain first goes to like the idea that people have that like aliens built the pyramids and stuff. You would be correct. Is that what ancient aliens means? Yes. There's a whole series, a television series called ancient aliens, which we'll, we will actually talk maybe about. Maybe I have seen, maybe I have seen that at some point and that's how that permeated. Like, and it's, do they also, they think the same thing of like Stonehenge and things like that, right? Like right. how did, like a human couldn't lift these rocks. Right. And not only is it like the kind of technology to, to build the structures considered far advanced for whatever time period the structures have been associated with, but also kind of the general feeling that the people who lived in those areas were simply not sophisticated enough to come to up with so. this on their own. Yeah. Yes. Um, now. It's, it's, do you, okay, is your next question be, do I believe in that? Like, do I believe sure. that the aliens built the, paleo- <laughs> the pyramids? Was that your next sure. question? Um, well, I guess I would The answer is yes, you. I believe it. <laughs> Because what? Oh, okay. I say because the answer is yes, I believe it. Sure. Oh, God. No, I would <laughs> caution you because um, this is actually an update of an earlier, extremely racist uh, oh. kind of thinking. And yes, I'm going to, Sarah's going to be annoying and like bring her actual professional life into the podcast. Uh, How irritating. Wake me up when it's over. Wake me up later. But so like, um, let's say like in the like late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a lot of like academic and popular interest in indigenous cultures 
all over the world and ancient cultures all over the world. And mm-hmm. quite a striking number of people in those communities looked at these things like the pyramids, um, like, well, Stonehenge, not really, but like, like the Nazca lines and Machu Picchu and like all these mm-hmm. things. They look at these things and they look at the people that lived around these things and they're like, there's no way these brown people could have made oh, this. There has to have okay. been an, an ancient, <laughs> n- well, first, before there were aliens, because people, we did talk about this with the invasion of saucer men. The -hmm. concept of aliens is kind of a newish one. Like, Mm. so when we're talking about, especially about like 1800 style research, people were just like, oh, there has to have been an ancient white race that lived all over the world and built these structures. And then somehow something happened and they're gone. But then these other people are left. Okay, that's that's a lot of mental gymnastics and that's a lot of surmisements to call well it was honest i mean honestly it was using things like the idea of atlantis (laughs) oh wow yeah yeah but so now um like the update to this is people are like atlantis that's idiotic ancient white race what a fucking stupid you are. But aliens, yes, three. <laughs> Absolutely. That <laughs> makes every bit of sense in the world. And well, here's the thing. To me, like, yes, that is crazy. And to, like, but I will say that there is something to, it's not that I don't think the people of that time period or um, people of those places were not sophisticated enough. But there are there is something to be said about like the strength that would it, it would take or like the number of people it seems it would take to do some of that stuff. Well, yeah, and I mean what we and know for what? Yeah, I mean what we know is that for example, the pyramids used incredible amounts of slave labor. Like Oh, uh, well, um, yeah. But like Stonehenge know, I feel like is a little bit more of a question mark, no? No, people don't know very oh. much about the reason that's there or like who built it's it and for weird. what purpose. Um, and people are really struck by its kind of precision as relates yeah. to like star positions and like sunrise. And I think that mm. maybe one is attuned to like seasonal changes, like equinoxes and things. Um, yeah, see, I feel like I believe it for Stonehenge more than I believe it for the pyramids actually. Fair enough, I guess. But I think <laughs> all of that is to say, the was that main... in this show that we watched? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't this okay. show that we watched. But the guy who is the current modern day mouthpiece about ancient aliens was featured quite prominently. Oh, oh yes, yes. Okay, I knew I. Okay, gotcha. He's the. And he's the... I. Yeah, and we'll get to him. Okay. And I was like, if people knew the weirdly racist origin of this whole line of thinking, um. Then he wouldn't be as popular. I don't know if this guy would be quite the like darling mm. of the alternative world as mm. he is. But then again, that's true. Um, the alternative world is full of white racists, so maybe he would. Who's to say? Um, Yikes! And on that and delightful I... note, welcome everyone to see you next week in space. 
I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you tell the good people out there in listener land what we are talking about today? Well, we are talking about something that I had never heard of, seen, nor probably would ever see if it weren't for you. But (laughs) it is a show called Resident Alien. And mm-hmm. I, judging from what you wrote here, it began in 2021, so a brand new show. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we watched specifically an episode called Welcome Aliens, season one, episode nine, came out on March 24th, 2021. So this is pretty, this is like the newest thing we've watched, I feel like. Possibly. One, I of, know, one of, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly in the mix for one of the most recent things we've watched, and I mainly did that for your benefit, because I felt like we had been... I do appreciate it. <laughs> I felt like we've been trolling the depths of old-timey sci-fi quite a yeah. bit lately. And I was yeah, and like, that, okay. Some of that stuff was tough for me, i got to be honest. And, like, and this, it's so funny because new doesn't necessarily mean better by any means. I'm not someone who thinks <laughs> that, like, old stuff is bad, just, like, yeah. blanket statement. But this worked better for me as, yeah. like something I could I mean to the point like hot take for me like I would perhaps go back and watch this like but I'd need to go back to the beginning because there was a lot of like relational stuff I was confused about but yeah um, and this also I realized as I was doing the outline I was like there are four stories in this episode like I was a little lost at times but I like but at the same time I sort of didn't care <laughs> I well was like, the main eh, I mean, yeah the main story is the main story and that's basically what we'll talk about today yeah um but there are so I I had watched like the pilot of this I somehow oh. I had become aware of this when it came out um mm. and I I remembered watching the pilot and finding it pretty enjoyable but then it like sci-fi so it's on the sci-fi channel and mm. that's one of those ones that's, like, not easily accessible despite all of the multiple different platforms there are. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. That one Some isn't channels. quite as easy to get yeah. to. Um, so I kind of lost track of this. And then I had it on my list of things we could watch. And so I was like, you know, Amy's been a good sport about a lot of stuff from <laughs> the olden days. And I, too, was like, I bet... Because I had a recollection. I was like, I remember this being an interesting premise, and I like Alan Tudyk, and... Is that the I, blonde guy? Yeah. Yeah. I got to talk about his acting as an alien. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. No, he's... A, and he's a real, like... um, He's, like, a real big actor in the sci-fi world, broadly okay. speaking, which I'll talk about in a second. Okay. Um, And so I was like, I bet this will have some stuff that Amy can at least latch on to and appreciate yeah. in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah um so I was like we can do this so <laughs> just for uh kind of setting this t- scene um the IMDB description of this show is a crash-landed alien takes on the identity of a small town Colorado doctor and slowly begins to wrestle with the moral dilemma of his secret mission on earth now though it is hmm. set in Colorado it's actually shot in British Columbia Vancouver. in Canada. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common way to save some money. And I think, like, sci-fi in particular, a lot of their shows um, film in Canada. So... I, I mean, I think a lot a of... Thing. 
Yeah, well, because the, well, I don't know what other shows, but, like, and also that, like, British Columbia is a little bit blendable to be, like, look like kind of multiple different places. It can kind of yeah. look, I mean, it is Pacific Northwesty. It can look like that, but it can also look lush like a Colorado adjacent, right. you know, like. Right, right. And they um, use it for California, too, so. Right. It it fits a lot of purposes, yeah. I guess. Um, so this particular show is also based on intellectual property that's relatively recent as well. It's based on the comic book of the same name by Peter Hogan and Steve Parkhouse, whose first mm. series of books came out in 2012. Um, mm. So this is all pretty new as a concept. Although, I mean, some of the concept isn't really new. It's like fish out of water sorts of Well, yeah, things. some of it, yeah, some of it has, though this is like, doesn't have the same tone. It has the same idea as like Third Rock from the Sun, you know, that type of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it also does some of the really classic like alien crash landed on Earth stranded thing where like sometimes he pronounces words strangely you know like things like that like the emphasis learning to be learning to be a human is hard and it's like it's hard and doesn't make sense for a human so I can only imagine what mm. anyway yes it does have some uh you know olden tropes I guess you could say but it did seem like just from this one episode it seemed like it was still there's lots of creative stuff yeah going on with it yeah for sure. Um, so also just for backstory, which I think will help to add some context to this episode, um, Harry's mission, Harry is the name that the alien takes for himself for reasons that okay. I will explain. Um, I can sort of guess, but okay. Uh, Harry's mission is to wipe out humanity. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's his, his job. Um, and he's been sent to earth to do so. Um, and then the reason Oh my gosh, wait, I just read the rest of that sentence and I love it. Sorry. (laughs) I thought you would. That's why I purposefully included it in there. So, uh, and I know this because I did watch the pilot and I remember this. So like the reason he's called Harry is because he shows up in human form in this town Mm-hmm. On the same day that they're expecting the new medical examiner to arrive. The medical oh, examiner isn't there. And so they mm-hmm. just assume they like call him this and he does, you know, the stuff of like, oh, yes, that's me. Um, <laughs> but but because I mean, he's able to pull off this medical examiner thing in part because, you know, there's the premise that aliens are smarter than us and they can do various things. But especially, he learns most of what he needs to do as a medical examiner by watching episodes of Law and Order. Um, That's fantastic. I've never heard anything better in my life. I mean, that's how most people think they are lawyers, too. Absolutely. For sure. (laughs) And myself included. I'm like, that's not legal. I've seen it in Law and Order. (laughs) Yeah. So he's able to piece together enough seeming expertise to pass himself That's off hilarious. as uh, the medical examiner. Now, one oh of the God. things that you should know that will help us to understand the final scene of this episode, mm-hmm. it's later revealed that the medical examiner has just mysteriously disappeared. 
Okay. I was about to say, I don't remember the last name. Now I remember it. Okay. Yeah. So that, or, I, yeah. I, or no, yeah, no, no, no. Have... Sorry. It's not the medical examiner. It's the town doctor has gone okay, missing. Okay, so okay. So that I have, is. I have, I have questions about some of the, like, other stories, but I guess we'll get to it, like, because I didn't understand what was happening in certain parts. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I will say, hot take, I did enjoy this one. Um, yeah. I will, I was, I was confused by parts, but I definitely, (laughs) I definitely enjoyed it and could see myself like going back and perhaps getting into it. Yeah. No, I think it sounds pretty fun to me as well. So yeah. Um, because this is also very new, there's really not much more information out there about this show other than this. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the cast, again, we really only need to know a handful of people because there's really only like the A story comprises most of the episode. And then there's a B, C and D story that are not nearly as important that get very little screen time. But I think what my impression is, and this is common to a lot of sci-fi channel shows, actually, which is like, mm-hmm. and also just shows that are serial format, um, yeah. where certain, like, in a given episode, certain storylines will become the main storyline, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, so like Things, can, like, float around to the forefront and then get pushed back and... Right, and so this is a very mm-hmm. big ensemble cast with, like, a lot of moving parts, and so that's kind of what's going on here. So there's... I yeah. think I liked I based- everybody in it too. I thought everyone was good. I loved those two little kids. Yes. And then I also basically I've sidelined entirely the C and D stories from this. I don't think we really mm-hmm. need to discuss them. Um okay. because they're not really relevant to the overall narrative of this episode. So Okay. Anyway. I don't even know what you would consider the C and D stories there, but anyway. Well, I've noted them in the outline, so as we get to them, I might mention them. But um, the main character carries the name of, though I don't remember if they ever reveal whether or not he has a different name, um, carries the name of Harry Vanderspiegel, um, and that's played by Alan Tudyk, who was 50 when this aired. Um, Mm -hmm. And... As I said, if you are somebody who is familiar with science fiction, um, you know who this guy is, primarily <laughs> because um, his first big breakout role was as one of the crew in Firefly, which is a much beloved science fiction property. Um, is that the he, one with what's his butt? Nathan Phillips. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, he also plays the pirate in Dodgeball. Those are some of his first two big breakout <laughs> things. Um, he also does a lot of voice work, like a okay. lot. Um, he's, I see that here. Yeah, he's a character in Ice Age. He does hmm. Sonny's voice in I Robot. He's things in Frozen and Wreck It Ralph, and like he's hmm. he just does a lot, a lot of voice work. Um, as I said, I I very much enjoyed him in this show. Although he was like, there's like a creep factor about him. It um the the <laughs> the alien like him i could tell what he was doing and i liked it i enjoyed his interpretation of an alien pretending to be human 
Yeah, and I mean, he also looks a bit unusual, so it lends he itself. He looks like a human alien. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't like, sound like a nice thing to say, but, like, he really is believable. <laughs> yeah, it's like if a alien were like, how can I look like a human? That's what <laughs> they would come up with. Because um, he's got kind of, like, bug eyes a bit. Like, I feel like it's maybe the eyes. Like I think it's me, also anyway. his coloring, too. Like, there's just yeah. a combination of factors where he looks unusual, not like ugly or anything. No, just, just, just like striking, an alien. <laughs> just strikingly unusual, I guess. Um, so uh, in terms of his backstory, he goes on to like having, he gets into his famous success kind of phase quite early. Um, he went to Juilliard, but didn't finish. And that was like in the mid nineties. And then mm. he started getting gigs on Broadway and from there, moved on to movies and TV. Because, like, Firefly is, like, I want to say 2000 or 2001 or something. Mm. So, like, he has a very quick trajectory into pretty high prestige opportunities um, and has mm-hmm. remained there. Yeah. Um, the next character is named Asta Twelve Trees. Um, and that's played by an actor named Sarah Tomko, who is 38. That's um, the, that's the brown, the like long dark haired lady. Yes. She is indigenous okay. and that's a part of the show as well. Cause it's Colorado. I was so going to ask about, about that last name, 12 trees. That is interesting. Yeah. She's indigenous. Um, the character is meant to be indigenous as well. Um, okay. And that is a theme in the show and in this episode. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Hmm. Um, She, even though she has been around for a while, um, this is probably the best role she's gotten, like the kind of most, uh, what's the word, like visibility, I would Mm -hmm. say. Um, Although she was in something called Silent Night, Zombie Night, and I want to watch that. (laughs) I put that in there specifically for you because I was like, this seems like it's a Christmas horror movie and Amy loves that. (laughs) I love that. That's literally one of, if you could pick my favorite genre of a movie, uh, a Christmas horror movie is like got to be it. And I know I recognize that that is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So also certain things of note. Uh, I just thought it was interesting because she wasn't a straight-to-video version of Journey to the Center of the Earth. Um, oh, interesting. Which, of course, we have a fondness for here. Um, yeah. And then she, she also... Look particularly Icelandic, but okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the theme of that one. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> and then uh, she also played Tiger Lily on a few episodes of Once Upon a Time. Of um, course. Yeah. And Racist. I was like... I'm... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And yet, also, I bet she would have been a good... Yeah, she'd be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, Then, and these are mainly the only characters we really need to know. But the other character that's kind of a part of their A story is a character called Darcy Bloom, played by an actor named Alice Wetterland, who was 40. Um, She started out as... She had Which like the blue she? hair, the green she hair. Worked, okay, okay. Yeah, and she worked at the bar. Okay, okay. Um, so she began primarily as a comedian. Um, mm. and similar to Sarah Tomko, this appears to be kind of her biggest uh role so far. Um, she did mm-hmm. have some episodes of People of Earth, 
um, under her belt, which is another one that I'm not sure uh, it necessarily is appropriate to this show, but People of Earth is like basically a premise that there's only so many people like left, I think, on Earth um, after some sort of oh. problem happens. I think that if I'm, th- <laughs> I think that's the show that it is. Okay. Um, so those are the kind of primary drivers of the A story. The B story, which is a, like all the remaining storylines are really, really low grade. Like we don't spend a lot of time on them. Yeah. Um, but the other two people we need to know are is a character named Sheriff Mike Thompson, played by a 47-year-old Corey Reynolds. Um, mm-hmm. I like him because he was on The Closer for a long time, and I like that show. Um mm-hmm. What I didn't know about him is that he actually started out on Broadway. and I see that. Was, he was in Hairspray. I love that. Yeah. So he um, has, ha- he probably similar to Alan Tudyk has had success. It seems like relatively easily and early on in his career um, hmm. because like he hasn't had a lot of credits. Like he might have the fewest of anybody of this group. Um, I and- sort of recognized him though, but I don't, I mean, I didn't watch The Closer, so I don't know why I recognized him. Yeah, that's probably, to me, the thing I recognized him most from. But he has had very steady work um, mm-hmm. since he's gone to TV and movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, but this may be his, his, after The Closer ended, this is probably the first thing where he's kind of a series regular on something. Got it. Um, and then we have his deputy, Deputy Liv Baker, who's played by Elizabeth Bowen, who uh, perhaps cleverly has kept her age a mystery <laughs> on the internet. Um, Smart. Yes. Uh, she is a Canadian actor, um, and I recognized her because I'm currently watching a newer show that's an Amazon Prime show called Upload, and oh, she has a pretty funny... Like- yeah. She's like a okay. bit of comic relief in that show. Oh, okay. Um, so I was like, oh, it's that lady. Um, <laughs> and and I, but I think this role might be even more kind of like she's probably again more visible in this than she was in that mm. show. Um, but she also started out uh, in the comedy world, uh, specifically improv. Um, mm. And she's only just. Yeah, my super fave. Love it to death. <laughs> Don't think of it as though it's like the equivalent of sticking a knife into my eyeball. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, but so she has only kind of just started really having kind of more steady success because she appeared on a couple episodes of Fargo in 2015. And though she has credits between 2000 and 2015, they're very, very patchy. But since 2015, she's getting kind of consistent work in bigger and bigger projects. So uh, we probably will be hearing more from her going forward. Um, Oh, and I almost (laughs) forgot another important character to the A story is a character called Peter Bach, who's played by 69-year-old Terry O'Quinn. Um, we've briefly mentioned him before because he has a very small role in Space Camp, hmm. uh, which is actually guy this was. He was just one of the guys working at like Ground Control, and I okay. think he had maybe like one line or something. 
Mm. Um, because that's a, a an extremely early credit for him. Um, okay. He's mostly known for um being kind of one of the central baddies of the TV show Lost. Uh, oh, which, he's that guy. That guy. Okay, yeah. Okay. I never watched that show, but that is what he's mostly known for. Um, although he has been in intriguing sounding things like Stepfather 2, Make Room for Daddy. Um, Wait, I've seen that. <laughs> you have? Wait, I mean, I think so. And I think I've seen Death of a Cheerleader, too. Um, the, well, Death I, of a Cheerleader, isn't that the one with Tori Spelling? Yes, I believe so. It's like a Lifetime movie or one of yeah. those. Yeah, that's that. Stepfather 2, Make Room for Daddy, love it. Definitely think I've seen it. Um, yeah, for sure. I wonder yeah. if he played this stepfather. Oh, God, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't like make room for daddy. That's creepy. No, I don't like that as like. I, a, I did not like that phrase at all. Yeah, um, I don't like that, especially because the premise of that is that like it's a murderous stepfather. So like that's right. Creepy. Yeah, I think when I looked at the premise of that movie, it was something along the lines of an insane man wedges his way into the lives of like a mother and son. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that God. is what it is. Like, yeah, this is horrible. But he's like a com- anyway. We don't have to talk about that movie, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, um, but he's also been in a lot of TV shows and varying kind mm-hmm. of amounts of appearances. Um, and it looks like he's a semi regular appearance person on this show as well. Okay, but this is his first appearance in the show because, of course, he com- he's like a particular character that is important. Yeah. So, um, we our cold open is a bit of an unusual one. Um, I, yeah. Okay. Continue. (laughs) Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, now that I think about it, like, I don't understand what happened in that opening scene and where we went after it. Okay. So, um, we start and we see a city bus and we see a pregnant woman and a man getting on the bus. And then we get a little bit of a title card that says 30 years ago new york city Uh, and i didn't watch the title card that would have helped me (laughs) yeah um i also of course as you can see here i've helpfully put that 30 years ago is now 1991 according because this was 2021 and no i was i thought it was so fucking rude (laughs) that's that's really disgusting that's just like so disgusting I know. Um, aging is just a constant Because I indignity. also didn't catch on that it was 30 years ago from just looking at it. Like, I looked like, I was like, yeah, that looks like a bus today. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> I mean, that's a real indictment of the New York City public transit system, but I do understand well, what you mean. The MTA, if you don't <laughs> like it, you should change your trains. Because, I mean, well, the buses are actually even worse, so. Yeah. Um, so they get on this bus. We don't know who these people are but they're talking about preparing for this baby's soon arrival because the woman is like very very pregnant Mm -hmm. um then like the bus stops the lights go out it's a very weird situation um there are weird so like the lights in the bus go dark but then there are kind of blue flashing lights outside the windows of the bus Mm -hmm. and then the couple look around and everyone else in the bus is frozen, but they're Horrifying. still conscious and moving around. And then yeah. the woman's water breaks 
And then when we see the next shot of her, she's doing the typical alien abduction thing where she's like floating front side up, legs and arms hanging down, her big pregnant belly kind of very prominent. Um, And you know, my first thought was what my first thought was, this is why I don't take the bus. I (laughs) want, (laughs) I don't care to take the bus. This is not helping. (laughs) Oh my God. Leave aside the fact that like the bus could be smelly or just unwelcoming in any number of ways. This is the reason. This is the reason. alien abduction from Sydney. Never seen it happen on a subway before. I mean, I'm sure it has to, but like, (laughs) no, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, that's funny too, based on the sheer amount of various scenes from a variety of genres of movies where we see violence on metro trains all the time. I just was watching Blade last night and they had a whole fight scene in the train. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, there is, uh, yeah, if we're talking about, like, brutal stuff that happens in movies on subway trains, uh, uh, yeah, it's true. But for some reason. (laughs) Still no alien abduction, though. Yeah, still, it just, the bus still seems worse. And this is still, like, this would only happen on a bus to me in my brain. Fair enough. Um, So we see this woman floating in the air, and then we get a smash cut to where everything appears to have returned to normal The lights are back on. The bus is driving through town. Everyone else on the bus is acting normally. Um, The husband and wife look at each other from across the aisle. And then the woman stands up and she is no longer pregnant. And she screams and that's all we get uh, for the cold open. And did we ever come back to that story? Because I don't think if we did, I didn't understand. Oh, I didn't understand. We do. But I was, even I was like, whoa, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, But we do come back to this later, but it's quite oh, a really? bit later in, in Oh, the I don't show. know if I understood. Okay. So then we see the credits. The credits, I didn't notice, I didn't know this at the time that this was based on a comic book, but the credits are all like images from the comic book sort mm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the show begins... Harry is waking up, and we just see kind of a lot of blurry images, so we're seeing things through his eyes, and Mm -hmm. he's, I think, yeah, right away he's being quite funny, because he's like, I started to have these feelings of euphoria and pleasantness, and then I feared I was in humans afterlife, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then... Uh, and then he's like, and then I realized I was in a crappy cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it turns out where he is, is in Asta's home. Um, Mm -hmm. and he is recovering because in the previous episode, and we, we do sort of need to know a little bit about this. So in the previous episode, Asta, Harry, and Darcy are like out doing something in the mountains and they end up falling into a crevasse of ice. And they kept saying that word crevasse over and over. (laughs) Yeah. And so Harry sustained a very bad injury. And so he had to reveal to Asta that he was an alien and that the only way to like 
I guess I don't I didn't see the episode, but I assume he must have broken his leg. Oh, so that's so she only newly knows he's an alien. Yes, this is only this is immediately after the reveal, basically. Wow. Okay, I have to say something then. She is surprisingly calm. I know. I know. <laughs> because um, because they show him with a alien serpent leg, and she's yes. like not even raising an eyebrow. <laughs> Right, right. So in the pre, like in the what happened last time, little montage at the beginning, we learn that he asks her t- to s- chop off this leg oh. that's broken. Oh, and so the reason he's at her house because she doesn't she's know the that doctor. She yeah, she's a nurse, I think, or something. Nurse. Okay. Um, but she, yeah, they have some sort of professional connection as okay, well okay okay um so which but so he's laying on this bed she is under the impression that his leg is gone and something needs to be done about that however mm-hmm. he then explains that <laughs> the leg is regenerating because though he is in human form for her to see and in fact most people to see he he is actually i can't remember yeah so his species had evolved from something like an octopus. And so they re- can regenerate limbs. Got it. Um, so that is the process that is happening. And we're watching it <laughs> as She it's is very calm about that. Like, she really... I know. And especially, like... it at all. When he reveals, like, when he stands up at one point and you see the human leg It's terrifying next looking. To, it's and then he picks up a piece of food with it, and I was it's like, gross. "I don't like this at all." Um, no, I would, I would be like, "Excuse me, octopus man, like you gotta go." <laughs> like, you I know. Um, but so what? Like what happened in the previous episode is that Harry has collected um, a power source device that he needs to fix his broken spaceship, and Aston knows it, and so she's like. Um, you want this back? Do you need my help? You know, like, whatever, whatever. And he's like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of um, what I like about this is, like, Harry will have voiceovers that, like, respond to what's happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's quite right. a lot when of this. He's... And it's funny, right? Like, I know there was one where, where it was, like, shoot, I can't remember. But they were saying something, like, negative about, aliens or something and he was like oh that's not true and then like the voiceover was like yes it is or something I forget yeah, like, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that yeah yeah no he has a, some very good comic timing inter- interior monologue that we get to hear yeah um, yeah yeah so in the meantime and I don't I never fully understood why Asta ends up back at the hospital for some reason but she has a run-in with Darcy. So remember, well, well I just said mm-hmm. it, but like Asta, Darcy, and Harry have just had this like traumatizing event that's yeah. been shared. But Darcy wasn't there when Harry revealed he was an alien. She so she mm. still doesn't know. She missed out on and that crucial piece of information. I, what was that? I said she missed out on that crucial piece of information. Indeed. Um, so I think the the main point here is Darcy gets upset for the rest of the episode because Asta is avoiding her. 
Yeah. And I think we are meant to understand that the reason Asta's avoiding her is like, I don't know what to I tell don't... you about this information. And they're just, just like received. best friends or something? or Yeah, I think they're supposed to okay. be best friends. Okay. So then while Asta's like off doing this errand, Harry is in the cabin and he's fiddling with this power source and discovers that it has gotten too damaged and it needs to be rebooted. Um, but the only thing that he can use to reboot the device, and this is all done in VO, um, is that he needs to, f- he's like some alien species leave transmitters in human beings. And that, I could use that to jumpstart this power. So source. he needs somebody who's been abducted. Correct. So that's funny. We'll- I didn't, I didn't quite latch onto that that's very funny yeah and when we get a little bit later like this show basically really does buy into a lot of the alien conspiracy theory and is like this is true this is absolutely real but is it Um, not like probably poking fun at it a little bit too yeah i think so but like um so this is this the situation so he needs to find this transmitter um as he's thinking this over the two kids that you like show up um max and Sahar. i like the girl yeah yeah she the, had a the good, girl is a good very zinger sassy of a line. she's so sassy but she had a good zinger and i forget what it was but i was like ooh. Um, yeah um and the other important thing about this is both max and sahar when they look at harry they see him as an alien um and so that oh, means like and why is that uh if i remember correctly it's something about like their youth kids and like yeah they can see things for what they are or sort of it's thing. sort of the way that kids see ghosts i guess um but okay like so they can see him like that and maybe it's cuz also they're not afraid of it maybe there's i can't remember now what the reason okay. is for why they can okay. see him as he is um like but it. this is actually a totally different actor who is in that mask whenever that's happening. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so, and then do you want to try and describe what Harry looks like in his alien form? Well, I mean, it's very, like, st- I would say it's quite stereotypical, like, alien, what we think of. Not quite as, like, green, and it's, like, he's big, right. but he's sort of purpley. He, I mean, he kind of looks octopusy i suppose that was the yeah. best way to say it um, yeah no like big eyes <laughs> that are yeah with like, like a sort of ovalish head yeah um yeah and i can't picture if he like he's wearing clothes but i can't right. picture, so we don't like, really and based on what little we saw of his alien leg i don't want to see more of that no thank you i don't want to see like with no clothes on no thank you yeah um, but yeah, so he's like, yeah, the overall color palette is like a purpley blue with yeah. big black eyes. Um, yeah. No hair, of course. Yeah. Um, and so while Sahar and Max are kind of like, I don't know, like sharing zingers with Harry, he's <laughs> like, I need to go to a place where I can find other humans who have interacted with aliens before. And seemingly, the kids know what that is or, like, where to find it. These kids are smart. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they are clearly some of the smarter people in the show. 
Um, yeah, damn. Because then we jump to a bit later. Harry has is now outside the cabin. Asta drives up from her errand. And she's like, whoa, 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 where are you going? Because, of course, he's on morphine still. And he's right. like, "I'm. don't worry about it. I'm just going to get into my car. <laughs> and he says, just point me, which, point me out to which truck is mine. So, of course, he's seeing in, like, double or triple even. We don't know. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. I'll drive you wherever you need to go. And then we arrive at the UFO con. I love and it. We see a big sign over the door that says Welcome Aliens. So that's the title <laughs> of the episode. Mm. And like one of the better lines I would say from this episode is like so Harry and Astar are standing outside the entrance and there are people walking into the con dressed up as aliens. And Harry says, "My people are not a costume." And Asta says, tell me about it. <laughs> you know, like, um, so I was like, that's a good one. Um, and so then there's a quick commercial break and we come back and we are in the UFO con. David Bowie's Space Oddity is playing over a bit of a montage of what they're, what it, this UFO con entails. So mm-hmm. we're just seeing like, Harry and Asta listening to some talks. Um, This is where we get not even voiceover, like, commentary, but Harry is whispering to Asta. So, like, um, someone is saying something about how the moon landing was fake, and Harry turns and whispers to her, it's like, the moon landing was real, uh, but the astronauts who landed there uh, were possessed by aliens before they returned to Earth. (laughs) Um... Which, in fact, was a whole premise of an episode of The X-Files. Really? Yeah. Not, well, yeah, it wasn't like a John Glenn moon landing one, but it was like a a guy Mm -hmm. who had gone on a subsequent mission to the moon, and he was supposedly possessed by an alien the whole time since. um, That's fun. And then there's, there's also another part where, like, a guy, I guess, at, like, a merchandise booth is like, here's a picture of a gray and Harry's turning to her, it's like, real assholes. And then it's like, here's a picture of a Lemurian. Oh, they're really nice. Like, and like all this stuff. Um, and he's, like, giving her the lowdown on, their ver- on the various personalities of these alien types that this person is selling. Um, and so then we are to the sea story which we will talk about a little bit, which is that the sheriff and deputy, Mike and Liv. Oh, okay. So they're they're dealing with the whole doctor thing because this doctor right. is missing. Correct. Okay. So that we will sort of return to a bit later, but just so we know, that's where this kind of part of the story is plugged in. And they've okay. had a falling out because Liv feels like she knows of an, a line of investigation that should be considered and i guess mike disagrees with it then we have um another commercial break we're back at the hotel we're back at the ufo con and um harry and asta are listening to a talk given by a guy who identifies himself as an alien tracker slash hunter this is a character that never actually gets named i don't think in this episode, but his name is Peter Bach. 
And he says in this talk that he had an encounter a long time ago, which is the reason he now hunts and kills aliens. He, I think he, he doesn't say the word kill, but that's the implication of mm-hmm. what he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And that he's done it a number of times. And so then he invites people in the audience to come up and share their own alien encounter stories. Um, Mm -hmm. And quite a lot of it is like very like typical stuff you would hear um, about abductions and probes and violence and misery caused by aliens. I mean, I think... I think conventions like this definitely exist, don't you? Like this is this felt real to me. What? <laughs> that, that like uh, that a UFO convention or some type of like believers in aliens convention would exist. Oh yes, I I am sure of that. I thought you meant yeah. that you were like get buying into the alien abduction story. Oh no no no! I mean kind of, but like no, I no, I mean I just think. I think people who would go to that would be oh, people for who sure. would buy into it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, and so then Harry turns around and is surprised to see that Asta has gotten up to talk. And she talks about her time with Harry. And she's like, I think some of them might be here to help us. And then we get a really great voiceover moment. This was it, I think. And he's like. This is the one I remembered. Nope. That was great because it looked, oh, you know why? This is, okay, so this is his, his acting was good here because she's saying all these, like, beautiful things. Like, I think some of them like us, some of them are here to help. And he's looking kind of misty. Like, he looks like he's, his eyes are tearing up. And then you get the beautiful, like, uh, voiceover that says, nope. That was great. That was very funny. Yeah, the whole delivery and also just the use of the word nope. Like, there's something about it that's, like, so definitively like emphatic somehow yeah because like, it's it's very different than like nah or no nope is like nope not happening <laughs> absolutely not you are wrong um yeah so that was a pretty good uh I mean and I do like that like sci-fi channel shows often kind of do a good balance of this of like a little bit of humor alongside a little bit of seriousness um so Mm -hmm. that you can like like because the whole premise of the show is kind of terrifying which is like an alien is amongst us trying to kill us all (laughs) like you know like quite it's um, quite dark (laughs) but there is some levity that's incorporated so you don't feel totally depressed when you're watching it yeah so meanwhile Back at the bar, and I want to say, I think Darcy maybe owns the bar. She certainly works there, but I can't remember if she owns it, too. Okay. Um, So Darcy is there, and Jay um, is this young girl who I think maybe is meant to be, like, Asta's sister or cousin. Um, Okay. And she's like, I came to, like, do an interview with you for the high school paper. And Darcy is like, ugh, I mean, a lot of people have been asking me about this, like, accident thing that I was in and I don't want to talk about it and instead Jay is asking about um Darcy apparently was like in the Olympics or something oh yeah I don't don't remember what she said oh yeah and so she was like but you really like you literally like fucked up (laughs) yeah so like how do you feel about that and Darcy was like I did not expect these questions (laughs) um but then um 
Jay notices that her hand is bandaged up and she's like, hey, what happened there? And Darcy explains that when they were stuck in this ice crevasse in the previous episode, she had to climb out of it with a broken hand because Yikes. I, I don't fully, I mean, I didn't see the episode, so I don't know how this like kind of logic was reached, but she was like, I knew I was the only one who could do it. And if I didn't, we would all die. So I had to climb out with this broken hand. And it's, and like, it seems like Jay is on the one hand really impressed with Darcy's kind of like tenacity, but also really surprised because it's, she, I think she probably didn't realize how close Asta was to dying. Right. So uh-huh. she's basically like, okay, forget that article. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then Darcy's friend, Judy comes in in a whole like whirling dervish situation and is like, well, I want to hang out because you just almost died. And like, whatever so we'll return to this a bit later but that's kind of where we are there's also now some scenes for the d story which is like max the child and his parents and some kind of weird set of people trying to infiltrate their family this Um, this was the one i i was not understanding the relationships of like what was happening like i was yeah it took me a while to figure out because like the dad in that family is the mayor of the town um, and I was like, is he an alien? Because he was acting kind of like an alien to me. Yeah, he was a very strange man. Um, he just kept being freaking out that he wasn't eating tacos on the right night. And yeah, he, like, well, he wasn't eating tacos. He was a big fan of candle making. Like, there was a lot of weird stuff Yeah, I thought he was there. an, I really was like, he must be an alien too. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I was like, is it aliens or is it like, some kind Annoying of high-functioning form of autism. Like, I don't oh, know. Maybe, um, maybe. But we don't really need to care about this story for our talking right now, but I have a feeling okay. this is like an ongoing thing Yeah, related to something else. Yeah, um, yeah. When we return back to the UFO con, uh, a woman stands up in the context of sharing these alien stories. And she says that Mm -hmm. she has been tagged by an alien, that she has a transmitter inside her and that she's brought the x-rays as proof. Mm -hmm. And so Harry, of course, perks up because that's what he has been looking for. That's why he's Mm -hmm. at this convention. And so Harry follows the woman out of the room after she's finished speaking and Peter sees Harry like the kids see Harry. So he sees an alien in like a jean oh. jacket. Like walking oh, really? Around. Oh, I missed that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, he, so Peter follows Harry. Harry follows this woman. Mm. Um, he then, Harry then follows the woman into this room that's been set up where you can like take a picture with a fake alien corpse and look like you're doing a (laughs) fake alien autopsy Mm -hmm. um and when he comes into this room harry has a very like threatening look on his face and i think he's even got a scalpel in his hand or something and he's like i'm gonna cut that transmitter out of you and then she's like no 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 wait i lied that's not an alien transmitter that's a bb from a bb gun when i got shot as a kid (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, which, of course, I also liked because, yeah, I think this goes back to what you were saying before. Like, on the one hand, this show says, like, these conspiracy theory things about aliens are true. But then it also says, and then people are dipshits who lie about this stuff. Yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly. For for attention or for whatever. Um, and so she is like, you don't want this because it's not actually what I said it was. And then she knees Harry in the balls and runs away. Um, <laughs> and so Asta walks in after this is all has all gone on, and she's like, "What is happening?" And <laughs> Harry's like, "Listen, we came here because." I need this transmitter. He also explains that the transmitter that he needs is something that is typically inserted in human beings by a species of aliens known as the greys. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. the greys before? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, they're pretty typical. Um, I would say probably most of like the mainstream alien lore is probably mostly about them and their whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he's like, that transmitter will restart my power source device that I need. That's what I'm looking for. Um, They go back out into kind of the main floor of the UFO con. And that's when Harry sees Peter see him. And he knows that this guy knows he's an alien. And so Peter, so then Harry starts trying to run away. And he ultimately ends up going into, I guess, maybe like a green room situation. Mm-hmm. And he encounters the ancient aliens guy whose name <laughs> is, I'm not kidding, Giorgio A. Sokolos. Um, is that his real name? That is his real name. Um, and they, like, he's talking. So, like, in the when we first see Sokolos earlier... Harry loves him because he's like, this guy's got a lot of great ideas. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm glad my people are finally getting the recognition I, they deserve. I think oh he my says God, something so like funny. that. And so mm-hmm. he tells uh, Sokolos that he's an alien. And Sokolos is like, yeah, I'm happy to help you hide out if that's what you want. Um, and so, like, basically, Harry sits down and they start having a bit of a chat. And we have yet another commercial break. And when we come back, uh, Sokolos is going on and on about his pet aliens from outer space theory. Um, But and Harry and Harry's just eating an edible arrangement. (laughs) Correct. And he leaves once there's only honeydew left. Which was funny. That was funny, too. Like, and that's what did he say? They taste like what did he say they tasted like? A candle oh, or something like that. Old ladies I perfume per- or something. Yes, I think that I think that's right. That was funny. <laughs> um, I mean, he'd also, of course, like this is part of the joke. Like as he's leaving, he's like, "You should be on television," which of course he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then he's like, "Okay, I've probably like hung out here enough. I will leave now." Um, when we go back. To the bar, Darcy and Judy are talking about how Asta has changed since Harry's arrival into town. And so I don't think this is only just about the alien reveal. Um, I'm Mm. not sure because I haven't seen enough episodes. I don't think they're necessarily setting up a romantic plot line between the two of these characters. Um, But no, it sort of seems like it to me, but I don't know. 
I don't know. I I don't want it to be there, but I don't know. <laughs> um, and so as they're talking about this, we pan across the bar and Deputy Liv is there and she's singing karaoke. And Sheriff Mike comes in and what do they sing together? Uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. And also that's so funny because... You said the thing about him being on Broadway, and I didn't think about it, but, like, this part, I felt like when he sang, I was like, oh, this guy can really sing. They just wanted to show him singing. <laughs> right. Well, and I think she's pretty good as well, because they harmonize yeah, at too. the end. Um, yeah, no, she was good, too. Yeah, so in the end, basically, that's his apology to not taking her, I guess, point of view on this missing doctor case seriously. So they make up. She becomes deputy again. Back at the con, um, Harry has now um, had an is now face to face with Peter, the alien hunter, and we hear mm. a voiceover um, from Harry where he's like, "One of the first things I learned about being human is the concept of two for one," um, <laughs> and basically. I don't re- I didn't really remember like the whole logic of how this is a two for one, but I think it's that he can get the transmitter out of Peter because Peter has had an encounter with the grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, so I get to like hurt this alien hunter man as well as get the transmitter that I want. Um, and he's, so he tells Peter, that's what he's going to do. Is I'm going to like dig this transmitter out of you. And, Peter's like, no, no, um, tell me where my baby is. So he is mm-hmm. the dad in the opening scene. Oh, Peter is. Yes, the alien hunter man oh, is the dad wow. from 30 years ago. Okay, I didn't get that. Yeah, that's who he I is. I didn't catch it. Got and he's it. like, okay, tell me sense. where, yeah, tell me where my kid is. And Harry is like, I have no idea you that baby got abducted by a different species than me. So I I have oh, no wow. idea. But he knows about it. It sounds like that's crazy. And, yeah. And then Peter is like, no, I want to keep my transmitter in case the grays come back in case they come back with my kid. And mm. Harry is like, they're never coming back. They got what they wanted. Like, Yikes. um, Yeah. So, and this is where we see kind of like the, I don't know if I would necessarily call Harry amoral, um, but he certainly well, he has. Wants it, he, I think he may be. <laughs> or like he just, I mean, this is the thing is like, he's an alien. So maybe it's not like, maybe morality is a human thing. Like, yeah. Or maybe it, or maybe it's different. You know, like, what yeah. is his yeah. so, morals just doesn't align with the human race. Right. So he's like, they won't come back. And then he cuts out the transmitter from the sky. Uh, we have the final commercial break. And then we have the wrap up. So back at the con, while Harry is literally digging something out of somebody's body off, off screen, <laughs> Asta's, like, kind of hanging around, waiting for him. And this indigenous guy, he walks up to Asta Mm -hmm. and is, like, um, 
you were saying all these like positive things about this, you know, alien that you have had interactions with. And did you mm-hmm. ever think that he, you might be helping, and this is a direct quote from him, um, a, Chris, a Christopher Columbus of the sky. And Ooh, wow. How did he know? That is, <laughs> that is insightful. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, I think to me, I mean, I am not indigenous, but I, I feel as though if you were, that would be a fairly obvious kind of question to ask. Right. Like if, mm-hmm. if you happened to run across an alien, <laughs> like sure. um, you'd be like, what are you doing here? What's your whole sure. plan, perhaps? Because, you know, yeah. we've had some bad luck without a town. We've had some issues in the past. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and so I yeah. thought that was like a really and I like it's not as much emphasized in this episode, but I wonder if it comes up more in other ways across the season and across the series. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, all this diversity stuff now, blah, blah, blah. It's just like needless (laughs) nonsense. And I'm like, no, because then that adds a whole nother level to what can make the story interesting or what can make Mm -hmm. characters' reactions and responses complex and compelling to watch. Because Mm -hmm. if we have an indigenous woman in this role who's functioning as in a sense, uh, Harry's like guide, right? Mm-hmm. Then that actually is something that is interesting to think about, particularly in the context of the history of colonialism across the world, mm-hmm. but especially in the Americas, where that was mm-hmm. often the dynamic, where European men would find some indigenous woman to serve as their guide. And Mm -hmm. to basically do the vast majority of the work that they were supposed to be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, I thought that was just a really intriguing little moment that I presume will continue to be built on. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, because you could see on Asta's face, she really, like, took that to heart. She was like, Like, ooh, shit. I hadn't really considered that. Yeah. So then, and almost immediately she's given proof of why she should have in the first place because (laughs) Harry comes back and he looks all flustered and he's basically like, we need to get the fuck out of here right now. And she's like, why? And he's like, because I got my transmitter and now we need to go. And she's like, you cut something out of someone? And he's like, yes. And she was like, that's why we were here. And he was like, yes. (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, Yikes. Um, And then again, we get a little more voiceover where he says, I don't feel bad about this because this is about survival and animals have to survive. You know, like, so mm-hmm. that I think too is like kind of illustrative or like a window onto like, is there such a thing as alien morality? If so, what is it? You know, like, um, the final scene, because this is a, a modern series, we are building toward just getting you to want to watch the next episode. Yeah. So in the final scene, Darcy clearly has had enough of not hearing back from Asta. Maybe all day she's been trying to reach her. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. So she's at Asta's cabin. She's banging on the door, shouting. And then she, for whatever reason, decides to sneak into the Break house in. <laughs> through the basement window. Now, here's the thing. If 
you are my best friend and I'm not hearing from you and I'm kind of angry at you about that. And if I even am a bit jealous because I think it's because you have like a new boyfriend or something. Mm -hmm. I don't see myself coming to your house in the middle of the night to bang on your door. And I really don't see myself then saying, I'm just going to go in and snoop around. (laughs) No, it seems like a lot of bad decisions like over and over. But if maybe it seems like it's more than jealousy, like she's worried. There's so there's been a shift. Sure. But still, yes, it's it's quite a stretch. It's but it's a but it is one of those things that happens in TV and movies. Yes. Obviously yeah. more than I think happens in real life. First of all, in TV and movies, I feel like breaking and entering isn't a thing. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like everyone it does it. It seems like every a day. lot of people do it. <laughs> yeah. um, also, so it, here's another thing that's in movies where breaking and entering is a common theme. Everyone always has windows in their basement that are big enough for a human to slither through. To fit through. Once they do And that, that are maybe somehow open and you don't have to break right. to get them. Right. They just flop yeah. open and you can get in there. Like I'm looking yeah. at my basement windows. There's fucking hell in a way. No. Well, like definitely not from the outside. Maybe I just feel better saying that. Maybe you could. But like, first of all, we've got like pipes coming through and no, I don't think you, a person could fit through there. No. Um, but Darcy manages and while at first it looks like she's going to go upstairs, she notices that there's a big freezer in the basement and that it's got a lock on. Now, what should we do when we see a basement freezer or a garage freezer with a lock on it? Walk away. Correct. Just just go, like, partially blind for a second and be like, I didn't see that. I don't know. Like, um, I'm but- not even sure I would think very much about it, to be honest. Like, I guess, like, that's another, I'm going to go ahead and say this other thing, is I do think that basement and garage freezers with locks are also a TV thing or a movie thing. I don't think that exists in real life. <laughs> I mean, I definitely. I mean, I guess they do, but you think with a lock? Not with a no. I was like, have I seen basement and garage freezers and refrigerators before? Sure, like plenty of people have them for various reasons, and in fact, there's kind of a weird feeling that I have that I'm like, you know, when you're a real, real grown ass adult, when you you have have a second fridge, a second fridge outside in the garage in the basement wherever it lives that is just drinks like <laughs> that yeah, but and i don't mean that also like means you have a lot of drinks, drinks. i mean like all yeah, yeah, kinds. yeah 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 are you thinking that only because like our grandparents had that it's not just our grandparents who had that that's like that used to be a thing it's like all grandparents no <laughs> yeah. i know i mean because no i know my mother-in-law has it too but, like, it's actually, like, a lot of stuff she has in that. But it is mainly drinks. You're right. Um, but but there is still something different about, like, a freezer. Like, and I'm talking the freezer where it's, like, uh, it opens top Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but our grandma did have that in the basement, and that was for did all she of her. Do? She did, and it was like meat and sauce and like various and pies, like things that you would freeze. Whoa, that's like. Wow, that's just like a lot of stuff. And I guess I don't know what that's like <laughs> because well, I don't cook. <laughs> it, well, it's that. It's like people who cook a lot often have things like that. People who hunt often have things like that mm. cuz like mm-hmm. you're if like you do uh, however often yeah. like deer hunt, moose hunt, whatever thing. Yeah. Um you then end up with a bunch of meat for a long time. Um, and I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, because I've seen lots of shows where like, obviously, like it's, it's where you hide the dead bodies and stuff. Um, and it does seem like <laughs> if I were to kill somebody in my house and I had to hide them somewhere in my house, I don't have a good place for it because I don't have a no. freezer like that. So I'm, I'm in, in trouble. a studio apartment. I have nowhere you're, for anybody to go. Yeah, you're in trouble, too. So, <laughs> it, I mean, I get... I get why it's a good device in a show. <laughs> and it has a good reveal quality because you open yeah. the door and there's the face. Um, yeah, yeah. And we're kind of jumping now to the final reveal Sorry. because she hacks off. She like breaks off the lock on the freezer, opens it up. At first, it looks like what we just said, which is like just general kind mm. of like food things that you keep in a freezer. Um and then she kind of moves them out of the way to reveal a dead guy's face. <laughs> Yikes. And I think the fun, yeah, she screams, and that's like screen goes black episode over. Um, which, yeah, is it like I said, I think this is like a common device now in most um serial TV shows, is that they kind of get you to want to hook into the next episode. Um and so that's it. Wow. So. Uh, and it did not, kind of work because I was sort of thinking about watching this next episode. And then I was like, I don't want to get bogged down in that. So I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yawns and eye rolls. Uh, starting with yawns. One yawn is I was at rapt attention the entire time. And ten yawns is... I just couldn't care less about this. What would you give it? Um, wait, did you say one is good, ten is bad? I forget. Sorry, I already one is attention. good, ten is bad. Okay. Um, I would say probably like two or three. Ah. Wait, wait, wait. One is good, ten is bad. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So less uh, boring yikes. is one. Most <laughs> yeah, yeah. boring yeah. is so ten. two or three. I had like some moments of like looking away boredom or like not sure exactly what was happening, so it takes me out of it a bit. But yeah, overall I was I was into it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um the parts that were the most kind of confusing for me were these C and D stories. Yeah. Um, and so that was like a little bit of a trouble. So I guess maybe I'd yeah, give it a same. two in that regard. Um, but that's yeah, not yeah. really the show's fault. That's because we hadn't watched anything else. So right. yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. Um, in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is I believe all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and 10 eye rolls is I believe none of this. What would you give it? Hmm. 
I'm very, again, I'm very gullible and I do believe stuff a lot. Um, <laughs> I think this is done in a very believable way and they kind of poke fun at it at the same time. So I would say like maybe a three or four. Like I, I like pretty much bought it. Like I, of course, like, you know, don't really think there's aliens right. walking around in human right. suits, but like I was on board. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess sometimes the really maybe what the eye roll question is is about like the camp factor, right? Like, yeah, um, and how much can you it's buy not that into campy. something? Um, yeah, this yeah. is this is not campy, like not really. Um, no. So in that sense, I as well would probably give it like a two, um, because it isn't re- even though it's doing a lot of things that I I would describe as interesting and novel. Like, mm-hmm. it's not doing that in such a way that I'm like, what is happening? Like, I can't right. get a handle right. on any of this. And um, I think also kind of what's interesting about this is like, so it's following a lot of the kind of structures and formulas of a lot of serial shows, regardless of yeah. genre right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so what I think is interesting, though, is that you and I were able to basically follow the main story without having watched anything else. And I think a lot of other shows in other genres, that would be very hard to do. Like That's when you true. drop in. Especially right now, because I yeah. think it, there's, so, there's so, so many of the way that ser- the serial shows are now is that you really have to be in it from the beginning. I, For example, I watched one recently where if you came in on episode three, even three, you'd be like, what What's the literal happening? fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I will say that is probably true. So there, I think that says something about the storytelling or the, like, mm-hmm. um, kind of the talent of the writers or whatever that yeah. um, we were able to be a part of this world and basically understand the most important elements of it without having a lot of like background detail or whatever information, which I enjoy. Like I, I do like a serial format of a show, nothing wrong with it, but I do also feel like perhaps in the golden age of television, it's starting to get to be a bit much. Um, Yeah. Some stuff gets quite convoluted. Yeah. And, and maybe also too, the reason we were able to do this is this is still in season one. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's true. If you continued to watch into other things, it would start to be too complex. But yeah, uh, for right now, I think it was a very pleasant watch. And so, final mm-hmm. thoughts, I guess, is did you like this, and would you recommend it? Yeah, surprisingly, I did. I was not <laughs> going into it expecting to like it, and I don't think I like recommend anything on this show like almost ever. <laughs> I think possibly um, never. I mean, maybe like stuff like Terminator and some stuff like sure, that. Sure. But um, yeah, I would actually. I think because it doesn't, it doesn't feel overly sci-fi. It feels accessible to people who like maybe a mystery or like a thriller type thing. Um, and because it's got like the murder scenario on top of it too, I think yeah. it does have some like cross-genre likability. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I liked this. I would recommend it without hesitation to pretty much anyone. Um, mm -hmm. Based on what we saw anyway, I don't think it's like, if there was any episode that was going to be very sci-fi, it was probably this one. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't like such an amount that I think it would be an obstacle to anyone. Listen, it's on Earth. There's no like gray spaceships. <laughs> There's no like crazy. Yeah, it's it's watchable. <laughs> yeah. So that's an unreserved. We like it. We recommend it. Give it a watch. Yep. Resident Alien. What a successful episode this week. Amy. I mean, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. It's a rarity. <laughs> it's a rarity. So let's bask in this glow for the yes. rest of today. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Amy. I am Sarah and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.